such a flight. Yeah. Oh, the joy of the Lord. It's the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord. Once he has lined us up with his perfect desire for our life, joy, joy remains. Only joy abides because that's the abiding of the word of God in us. It is his joy. It is his love. It is his very glory. And thank you for your patience. We're a little bit delayed this morning, but that's perfect because we're right on schedule as always. And I have a message and the message is really a continuation. It's a stream of the Holy Spirit that when he called me into dominion and sonship, that he wanted to express something through me, that he is building a foundation for our lives, which really is the foundation of the Word of God. And so we have been, I went back over my notes and um at the end of August, we looked at the way, the truth, and the life. And then we moved into the attaining of this life. That truly, it's only one way. It is the way of the Word of God. It is the way of Jesus. That Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And then thereafter, after attaining to life message, starting September, we moved into what I'll be continuing really today. And it's the champion's walk. Because the champion's walk is the walk of Christ. The champion's walk is the only way. The champion's walk is the only truth and the life. And so from the champion's walk, we moved into endure to overcome. Endure to overcome. And what God had given me in that message is that the victory is in the endurance. The victory of your life is in the power of God that has enabled you to withstand all. So the victory is really not so much that that final uh, sense of the of the of the conquest, although that is glorious, but it is really in the attaining and in the pressing and in the knowing I'm not giving up because I know what I have. I've laid hold on eternal life that was endured to overcome. And then last week was the fight of faith. The fight of faith last week, and he'd, he'd give me the sub points there is that the fight of faith is really the testings of our faith. And because of these testings, then there is a release of glory through us, which is the very life of God. And so I was going to title today the fight of faith part two, but he gave me, he gave me last night a new message, a new title, sorry. And it is hard pressed but not crushed. Here we go. Hard pressed but not crushed. You'll never be defeated if you do not give up. You'll never be defeated if you don't cave into the pressure. You have to endure all and be found on the other side, standing, giving God all the glory, knowing that surely and only because of the grace of God, because of the living, ever-abiding word of God in you, that you've already overcome, and that even this you overcome, and even this you overthrow, and even this you put the period at the end of the sentence. And if God be for me, who? If God be for me, who, what, whatever can be against me. It's impossible to be overcome unless we quit. There's no quit. There's no quit. And so today is hard pressed, not crushed. I want to go back to 1 Timothy 6. This is really where we got the message of fight the good fight of faith from last week. And I will continue from here. So it's, it's 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. We, we looked uh, starting from verse three and we built the case to where 12 fits in. So I'd encourage you to revisit last week's message. And uh, verse 12 is fight the good fight of faith. <laughs> you know, last night when he gave me the title and I went back to this verse, suddenly I read the verse like I've never read this verse before. The emphasis for me always on this verse, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life to which you are also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. The focus there was always the good fight of faith, the good fight of faith. <laughs> what he showed me, it's almost like I've never heard it before. It's fight 
the good fight of faith. You got to fight the good fight of faith. It's a good fight of faith, but you got to fight the good fight of faith. Do you see what I'm saying? You don't just like uh, walk in the little cozy, pretty little park. The good fight of faith. You fight the good fight of faith. You withstand all. You resist. You bring down arguments that are against, against the word of God. You subdue appetites of your flesh that are warring against the members of your body. It's a fight. It's a fight. And it's a fight that you will always win when you engage in the fight in the terms and on the terms of the word of God. But fight, fight. He told Timothy about fighting the good fight of faith, laying hold, seizing. When there is great opposition against it, because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. I'm not my own problem. You're not my problem, whoever you might be. Powers and principalities and wickedness in high places. And we now in Christ are far above all this opposition. And yet there is a delegated authority that we're given in Christ to bring forth the perfect will of God to subdue all things on earth in compliance and in accordance with the counsel of the will of God. And that's where the fight of faith comes in. Where you, 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 you encounter all resistance when you step in the call of God of decreeing liberty to the captives. Where you face opposition and persecution like you've never known until you start stepping in the steps of a disciple of Christ on earth. And so hard pressed, never crushed is our reality in Christ. Um, so I wanted to look this verse in the Greek concordance and just break down what fight looks like, what fight is. First Timothy 6.12 in the Greek reads, fight the good fight of the faith, take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. Take note, we are called to a fight to which you were called. And that word is summoned, invited. <laughs> when you got born again, you got a, a divine invite. Welcome to the good fight of faith. Fight it out now. Knowing you've won it all in Christ, knowing that the champion of champions, the Lord Jesus Christ, has gone before you and defeated it all. So walk in the conquest of Christ. Oh, walk in the conquest of fight, of, of this fight of faith that Christ has won for us. The conquest of faith. Who have never said it this way. The conquest of faith. Because isn't that what John tells us in 1 John? That what has overcome this world, even our faith. So walk in the conquest of faith. Precious. Walk in the conquest of faith. And that always looks like fight the good fight of faith. That always looks like lay hold on eternal life. This is what we're summoned to in the body of Christ. Which means great opposition. Which means great opposition. So why is the prize so shocked, so shocked? They don't like the opposition. Yeah, yeah. Fight the good fight of faith. Walk in the conquest of the faith of Christ that lives in you now. To finish off the strongs of that verse about taking hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made, when you made, when you and I made the good confession before many witnesses that Jesus Christ is Lord indeed to the glory of God our Father. So back up to fight. That word is the Greek Strong's Concordance 75. Agonizo. Can you hear the word agony in it? Agonizo. Yeah, it's a fight. That is agonizing to your flesh because it's to bring a mortification to your outer man. That's the part of being hard pressed. 
You see, this narrow way only Christ can walk. This narrow way of truth and life is the walk of Christ on earth that I am being conformed to, conformed to, transformed into daily as I daily pick up this cross of the heart press. Yes. Yes, the cross brings forth a heart press to my outer man where I'm moment by moment making decisions, not my will, but his will, not my desire, but his call on my life. Not where I choose to go and take my pretty little self, but to where he is leading me as a mighty champion for his name's sake. Oh, don't give up in this conquest that you called into this walk of faith. Don't give up. Don't give up. Just because you're aware of the fiery dart of deception and opposition and persecution, it's for Christ's sake. So Christ alone be seen in your life. Pick up that shield of faith. Pick up the word of God, lay hold on eternal life, and keep walking. Keep walking. Yeah, the word talks about running a race. Not barely making it, but it is a victorious run. I love a run. I love a challenging run. Do you know why? Because I know only my spirit man can run it out. <laughs> We're built for this. We are built for dominion. And yes, yes, we do have an outer man that we're daily reckoning. The pity parties, sorrowing of things that we think we've lost, but actually we've gained because we've gained Christ. Let it go. Don't look back. Don't hold back. All cylinders ablaze, run. Yes, run. And so here is the fight of faith. Back to this word fight. It is from Aegon to struggle. So this fight of faith, it is from this word means struggle, to contend for a price. To contend for a price. This word fight, fight the good fight of faith, is to contend for a price. Uh, the usage is I am struggling, striving as in an athletic contest or warfare. I contend as with an adversary. Don't you know the, your adversary, the devil, roams about like a roaring lion looking, seeking whom he may devour. You have an adversary. And we're in this in this fight of faith, that we know, we know the adversary's ammunition and know that he has stout against us. All that condemnation has been annulled at the foot of the cross, destroyed. That word luo, destroyed, unbound. For this reason, the Son of God was made manifest to destroy the works of the devil. That, that he partook on flesh so that in, in this death that he, he died for us all, he destroyed the works of Satan, the power of death that kept all of us. What does Hebrews 2 say about that? If we go to Hebrews 2, it's good to read it again. Verse 14. Hebrews 2.14, inasmuch as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So now are you released in Christ or are you still subject to bondage in Christ? We have to get that right. Now, now because of what he has done to partake of flesh and blood, so he can die this flesh and blood death, 
And in that process, he destroyed Satan's power of death over us so that we now be released into greater life. We now be released, released into eternal life so we can now lay hold on eternal life for which we were summoned into. We're not subject to bondage. So don't live with a mindset that wants to enslave you with a lie. A lie of being bound to sin. No, in Christ we have been unbound. We are released. And so this is the fight of faith. Contending as with an adversary. The root of this English term is agonize. Properly to struggle, like engage in an intense athletic contest or warfare. Knowing if I don't give up, knowing if Christ, if God before me, if Christ has gone before me, I'll not lose. Do you know this? Have you, have you, have you placed yourself, have you planted yourself in these living streams of the word of God to bring forth a renewal of understanding that no matter what you're feeling, the pressure on the outside, your emotions, your old carnal flesh of not getting your way, of cutting off certain appetites and certain thoughts that are really contrary to the word of God. That no matter what you might feel or not feel, reality is that Satan and all his works are destroyed. Reality is that we are now summoned into this fight of faith, which is victorious. Fight the good fight of faith. That word good is valuable, virtuous. Fight this virtuous. Another word is beautiful. Fight of faith. Only God can call it such. It's a beautiful fight of faith. Say what, God? Yes, because it's bringing a beautification. Because we're not letting go of this confidence that we had in the beginning. We're being conformed in this through this fight of faith as we lay hold on eternal life, as we're seizing this word and not letting it go from our heart. We are being transformed into the very image of the conquering king. That's why it's a beautiful work of God. He makes all things beautiful in his time. Isn't that what the word says? It's a good virtuous fight. And we come back to the word fight, this fight of faith. This one is 73. And it's the same as the one we read earlier, right? This one is a noun. It's a masculine noun. So it's a Fight the good fight, the fight of faith here. It's a contest struggle. Um, the usage actually is pretty neat. It is an athletic contest, hence a struggle in the soul. So we read the word fight, right? The good fight. So here with the second part of the fight, the noun of it. And it's, it's, it is, it is an, a contest, a contest. It's a noun. It's a contest. Hence a struggle in the soul. You see, it's all to do with your mind, not caving into the pressure. The struggle is of that will part of who you are. But when you set your gaze as flint on the one who's run before you, the Lord Jesus Christ, and you allow his run, you allow his conquering faith to take over your life, but you're being firmly planted on that foundation of the word of God that we read in Matthew 7 last week. All that you know is victory, my brother and sister. All that you know is a mind that is alive with the very power of the Holy Ghost being led in the 
these mysteries of dominion that you know now you're above this moment and though you're sensing the shaking that's going on in this universe and though you're seeing mighty men fall under these pressures you know as long as I stand on the foundation of the word of God and I allow his word to bring forth a transformation in my life that I be a doer of life a doer of truth a doer of the way of God a doer of the word I will not succumb I will not succumb to the pressures because it's no longer I Jesse it's the living seed of Christ within me this is my reality it should be your reality as well we are built for this fight to dominate it to overcome it to demonstrate the lordship of Jesus Christ he did not die in vain he died for you and I to be conquerors he actually says more than conquerors we are now overwhelming victory overwhelming victory what does that look like? I'll tell you what it looks like to me. A peace of mind. Ha ha! I've ceased from my labor and I have entered into the stillness of trust. I've entered into the rest of faith where I know it's no longer I. What I know if he be for me if he be in me, how can I lose? I cannot lose. I'll never lose. Not a battle, not a moment. Why? Because he has demonstrated his love for me. And so now this struggle, this good fight of faith, is within the members of your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Will you give up? Will you trust the word? Will you allow confirmation to transformation, to be conformed to this transformative work of the Holy Spirit within you? Will you undergo this press of faith, knowing you'll not be crushed, Jesus did it, Paul did it, Peter did it, John did it. And now that he is in us, the Lord Jesus Christ, we too will do it. And we'll come on the other side, yes, with our fists up in the air saying, glory be to God, to him alone be the glory. Let's see what else we can take from this verse. Before I move on to another one, of course, the word, the good fight of faith, faith is from pistis. Is, actually, let's look at the word pistis, which is faith. It's the 4102. I've looked at it uh, early on in Dominion Sunship. I'll read it again. Pistis is from the, from the word peito, which is per, to persuade, to be persuaded. This is faith, um, faithfulness. So this good fight of faith, uh, the usage of this word faith is faith, belief, trust is the good fight of trust. <laughs> oh, whom do you trust today? Confidence. The good fight of confidence in the word of God. Fidelity, faithfulness. Faith is always a gift. I'm breaking it down from the word study in the Greek language. It's always a gift from God. And never something that can be produced by people. It's not my own work, lest I boast. I'm saved by faith, a gift from God. In short, pistis for the believer is God's divine persuasion. It is God's divine persuasion. Yes, because faith comes through the hearing of the word of God, which is divine utterance. And so this divine utterance has inherent power to persuade us to believe to trust but if you depart and are not laying hold of this eternal life that is found in the word 
How can you be persuaded? You're allowing the world to persuade you. You're allowing deception to be your reality then. For the believer, faith is God's divine persuasion and therefore distinct from human belief or confidence, yet involving it. The Lord continuously births faith in, in the yielded believer. In the one, of course, that's yielded, that has inclined their ears to the word of God. The Lord continuously births faith in the yielded believers so they can know what he prefers. That is to be persuaded by his will. And so the fight of faith is to allow his word to persuade my willpower. That's the agonizing within ourselves. The fight of faith within my own persuasion. What do I believe in this moment? Am I go by, am I gonna go or my moment by way of perdition? Or am I go by, am, am I going to go by way of triumph? What do I believe? And that which you survey will determine what you believe. And that's why the right of Hebrew says, looking unto Jesus. Fixing my gaze on Jesus. Who is he? The word of God. So we allow the persuasion of his will or his word to persuade me. Pistis in secular antiquity, looking back into history, how it was used, referred to a guarantee, warranty. In scripture, faith is God's warranty, certifying, certifying that the revelation that he is in birth will come to pass. That certification is the cross of Christ that he did indeed die. That covenant was indeed broken for us. That blood was shed and now we are in a new covenant on better promises. Based not on the blood of bulls and calves, but on the eternal blood of my Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. This is my guarantee that I'm going to make it. If you go to the Strong's Concordance, you can read further on the word faith. It's actually quite powerful. I've meditated that often. But let's go now to... Um, Actually, I wanted to, um, the good fight of faith, take hold, or my new King James says, lay hold of the eternal life. I want to look at that word, take hold or lay hold. The usage of it is, I lay hold of, it, regarding eternal life. I take hold of, seize, sometimes with, um, sometimes with, uh, with, uh, which, okay, let me turn my tongue the right way, with the right accent. Beneficent? Right, beneficent. Sometimes with beneficent, sometimes with hostile intent. Uh, the worst study of this is properly lay hold of something showing personal initiative, focus, resolve. This is why I'm reading it. It shows focus, resolve, that matches the seizing, that is the laying hold of what is apt or meet. Meaning, is that which I'm pursuing important to me? Then the importance of it is going to be matched by the intensity that I put into laying hold of it. Does it make sense? So when you know this word is your life, then you come to it in a whole different manner, buddy. It's no longer casual read. This is my life. And therefore, there is an intensity. There is a personal initiative. And there's a focus resolve. Laying hold. I'm seizing it. Whereas I'm grabbing the... The, the bull by the horns. I'm, I'm going for it. I'm not letting go. I'm not letting go. This is what the good fight of faith is. This is what we're called into, what we're summoned into. 
Let's go to um, Hebrews, Hebrews 12. My message, hard pressed, not crushed. I'm believing I'll get to that verse as well for in the Corinthians. But let's let's just navigate as the Holy Spirit just I believe it's an eternal message. It will never stop. We'll never stop communicating, and there's no end to this divine life. There is a conquering life that we have in Christ. In Hebrews 12, 1, I'm, I'm going to the end of verse 1 and into 2, but I'll read them both. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded, this is right after the, the Hebrews of faith, after he talked of, of Moses, before that he talked of, of Noah and um, lists all these names of David. And um, this is, then he comes to us um, actually in verse Mm-mm. 39, verse 39 of chapter 11, that will really cue us up to chapter 12. All these, all these heroes of faith, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise, God having provided something better for us. See, we are heirs to the promise. God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. What say you? That David and Moses and Noah, that God has provided something better for us, that they, these heroes of faith and Abraham and Jacob and Isaac, God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. Why? Because we're one in Christ. That's why. And so because of this lofty statement, he's coming into chapter 12, continuing the thought, therefore, therefore, because we are running this race of perfection, this perfection of Christ race, this conformity to truth race, Therefore, we also, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, these, these heroes of faith that are watching us, they're spectating us because they're benefiting from this race of faith that we are running. That's what we just read in verse, verse 40 of 11. Having provi- God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. Therefore, we also, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, every encumbrance, every hindrance, every thought that is in opposition to the perfect will of God. You know, I, 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 I bring forth these messages and I, I get so animated. But really, you make the choice in your private moment how you're going to live life. And if you want to be a victim and a loser, you go ahead and think any old way you want to think. You go ahead and just go with the flow of the mire of dissipation in the world. You just go ahead and and yield to every flesh desire you want to have and just go cry yourself a river in your back room because it sucks to live in sin. This impoverished state of never attaining to that which is ours in Christ. This impoverished, impoverished state of a false belief that is always up to God to do everything for us when He says it's finished. Now, now it's a good fight for you, buddy, you and I. Now you're gonna live in the con- conquest of faith. Now you're gonna lay hold of eternal life. With intentionality, we just looked at that word, lay hold. Why do I break down these words so they make sense? Make sense. And so when we stand before him, there'll be no excuse. Why was my life so busted? Why, why, why? Why? 
Well, because we chose that. To have a mindset that is from beneath. To have a mindset that is chosen to believe a lie. When the word says in Hebrews 11.40 that these heroes of faith that we, that were just listed, go home, read, read. Well, you already are home if you're listening to me this morning. Read Hebrews 11. Read Hebrews 11. The heroes of faith. And he finishes that chapter, God having provided something better for us, not less than what they had. That they should not be made perfect apart from us. So because of it, now we are to lay hold. Sorry, we're to, to lay aside every weight. What, 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 God? I thought something better. I want a life of ease. I was just thinking this morning how God doesn't want us to have a comfortable, fleshy life. And how all and most of our efforts in the natural world are about this comfort of fleshy life. When God has called us into this agonizing moment of contending and bringing down thoughts of idleness, Thoughts of, 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 of defeat. Thoughts of loss. To again for us raise up the banner of Christ, of victory over our mindset and say, no, I'm letting go of the lower and the sin that so easily ensnares me. I'm running this race with endurance, this race of faith, this good fight of faith. I'm fighting it. I'm, I'm with a purpose, laying hold of it. And so I wanted to read the word run, just in case we don't know what the word run is. In case we think run is just a little, a little casual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tired. Let's pause for a long, long while. No, it's not that. The Strongs of 12, 1. I'll read the whole and I'll focus at the bottom. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off, throw it off. I'm thinking of that blind man that, that, uh, called to Jesus, um, Ben David, uh, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And, and how he threw, threw off that cloak when Jesus called him. He threw off that, that cloak that defined him as a blind man. And he received his sight. What is defining in your mind as a blind man or woman? What is defining in your mind as a crippled? Pick up your mat. And walk, Jesus says. Pick up your mat and walk. That moment that's, uh, that's making you lame, pick it up, throw it off, and walk. Walk. We can't be frail-minded. We can't be frail-minded. Because we're running before a great cloud of witnesses. Moses, Abraham, how Cozy was Abraham's life, being called out from among his family, being called into a land. He didn't know where he was going. How? How? Well, I'll tell you one thing. It was this gaze of faith. Let us throw off every encumbrance. That word encumbrance is bulk, mass, weight, burden, encumbrance. And the sin that so easily entangles us, that word entangles us, thwarting us in every direction. What? Hindering our race. No, we're letting go. And it says, let us run. Let us run. I love it. Let us run. That is the 5143 threat show. It is to run. I run. I exercise myself. I make progress. Have you and I made progress in the gospel? Have we made progress in this work of transformation of the Holy Spirit? I exercise myself. And that's what Paul said to the Corinthians. I buffet myself. I put the old man under. Lest after I preach to you, oh, I disqualify myself. 
The word study of this word run, in case we want to break down of it, it is to run like an athlete competing in the ancient Greek games. Figuratively advance speedily. My dear. <laughs> advance speedily like an athlete moving forward with full effort. Moving forward, not going backward. Moving forward with full effort and directed purpose, intentionality. I love this other one. Running wide open. Oh, nothing hindering. Running wide open. Oh, cylinders ablaze. Giving it all. Go for it with gusto. Running wide open conveys intense desire to get to the goal as quickly as possible. It was used of runners in a race of swiftness or effort to attain to an end. So then we can go to the next verse. How do we do this? By fixing our gaze. This is where the meditation of the Word of God comes in. Where you receive no other distraction, where you don't parallel the Word of God with any natural circumstance, because this Word is not from below. This Word is not of this earth. This Word of God is eternal, divine. And all you know is what he says. You fix your gaze. Let us fix our eyes, the strong concordance says, on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He had to overcome as we are overcoming because of his having overcome. Going back to that first part, let us fix our eyes. It's the Strong's 872. A frau, yeah, 872. It is to look away from all else. Let us look unto Jesus. Let us fix our gaze. Do you know what that looks like? You see nothing else. You look away from everything else. That's how you let go of the burdens. That's how you let go of the bulk and the mass of, of weariness. You can't speak. Take five problems and Jesus in the middle of it. You can't. You're not built that way. Your spirit man is built from meditation. A focus that is single in nature. Where the, the press of faith brings forth a resoluteness. An intentionality. That he alone is my life, he alone is truth, and he alone is the way I go. Singleness of mind. This is the press of faith. It is to look away from all else. I look away to see distinctly. I love it. I look away from something else, the usage is. So I can see distinctly. Think about it. Today we need to look away from something else so we can see him distinctly. The word study of that word is looking away, what I just read, from all else, but this is it, to fix one's gaze upon. To fix one's gaze upon. To fix one's gaze upon. So now we can go to now we can go to 2 Corinthians. We were in it last week, but not this part. So when God gave me the title, hard-pressed and not crushed, he actually labeled it as being the meaning of it, submit to transformation. Hard-pressed, not crushed is... AKA, <laughs> submit to transformation. 
submit to transformation. Uh, go to Second Corinthians chapter 4, and I want to read as you go there, Romans 12. Submit to transformation. This is the heart pressed where it will not be crushed. I'll read this in Romans, and I'll read quickly in Second Corinthians. I'll continue it next week. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, because we just read what we've read, that we get a better context of this verse. This run of faith, this run of race, this, sorry, this race of faith, this fight of faith. Paul is begging, he's saying, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Put yourself on the altar of the word of God. Let the word do its work. Let the word bring forth a conformity to the son of God. Let the word is double-edged sword chop off the distractions and refocus your gaze. Present your bodies as living sacrifices, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, and do not be conformed. That's the press. Refusing conformity to the world. Going against the grain of the world. That is a press. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And if you undergo this press, you'll not be crushed. But if you go with the conformity of the world, you will be crushed there. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So now we can go to 2 Corinthians 4 and um, verse 7. Why do we do this? Verse 7, but we have this treasure in earthen vessel, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us, because it's no longer us. The excellence of the power within us, this born-again man, this treasure of God within us, this new creation man that we now are, is of God, born of God, as God. It's not of us. It's not of the earthly. It's not of my carnal nature. And this verse 8, look at the verse 8. We are hard pressed on every side. Just like the olives had to be pressed. Just like the olives have to be pressed to produce that, that precious oil. The garden of Gethsemane, isn't that what Gethsemane is? The, 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 the press of the olive, the garden where Jesus shed blood, saying, not my will, but your will be done, Lord. That's where he was pressed to the point of bloodshed. And that's what uh, this verse comes to mind in Hebrews. Day, where I'm at in 2 Corinthians. But where we read in, in Hebrews 12 and verse 3, for consider him who endured such hostility. Consider Jesus, right? As we're fixing our gaze on him. Hebrews 12, 3. Consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls, that is, in your minds. You have not yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin. You see, this resistance against sin is intense. But Christ has already overcome it all. He's crushed it. It's under your feet. You are born again now. You're a child of God. And as you partake of the preciousness of this word of God, yes, there will be a hard press, but you will not be crushed. Why do you have to undergo this the, the next part of verse 8 is perplexed but not in despair, persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed. Look at verse 10. There is a purpose. Always caring about in the body, in the outer man, the dying, the dying of the Lord Jesus. So why that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. This anointing of Christ, this precious oil of the Holy Spirit to be made manifest in our body.
And so today we are found in the Garden of Gethsemane. Yes, not my will. Yes, not my will, Lord. It's your will. It's your desire. I'm called to this press. I've been summoned with a holy invite. I'm a child of the Most High God. I will contend against that which wants to hold me back. And really that's in my mind. I'll gird up the loins of my mind. In very back, put your eyes on 10. Always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. That the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. Verse 11. For we who live, you and I, for we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake. Yes, say what? It is the word of God. This is what the Holy Spirit penned through Paul. That we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake. That the life of Jesus, don't we want the life of Jesus flowing out of us? Well, we have to undergo this press. We have to undergo this good fight to fight the good fight of faith. To run with endurance this race of faith. Looking unto Jesus. We are in a warfare. We are in a, in a race. We're competing for an imperishable crown. Run as such. Fight as such as you do have the victory. Fight as such as an overcomer. Fight how? With an attitude of conquest. I'm not giving up. I'm not quitting. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what if I tune it out. I tune, I look aside from that and I put my gaze back on where my gaze is supposed to be. I'm a child of God and I only see his word before me. The one who's gone before me, behind the veil, where peace prevails, where victory is assured. Verse 11, that the life, the, the second part of it, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. In our mortal flesh, here and now I'm talking about. That the life of Jesus may be manifested in your and in my mortal flesh. That is dominion. That is eternal life on display. That is the glory of God being poured out in an hour of great shaking. Glory be to God. We'll continue this message next Sunday. Yes, we are done. <laughs> We're done. We're done. <laughs>